Good morning. Good to see all, all you guys this morning. Some of you men who made it out with their wives gone. Congratulations. You guys made it? Oh, yeah. Can't wait till my wife gets home because I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> uh, Zechariah 9 9 says. <clears throat> Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. That that scripture would ring out in your ears throughout this morning as we go through that that scripture several times. This morning is Palm Sunday, and we're going to be taking a break from the book of Hebrews for the next couple of weeks, since we'll be celebrating next week, Easter morning, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm so looking forward to that. We're going to be out in the stadium. It might be a little cold. We don't know what the weather's going to be like yet, but we will be out there. We've been there for 20-some years won't fail us now, I hope. <laughs> but we will be out there, and I hope that you guys use it as an opportunity to bring someone who might not know Christ. It's a great opportunity this week to just remember all that Jesus did on our behalf. But Palm Sunday marks the beginning of Passion Week. The Passion Week of Christ It's the week of testing and suffering that Jesus would go through. And it would culminate or or end at the end of the week on Good Friday, what we call Good Friday with the crucifixion, the burial, or the death and burial of of the coming King. The King that we just read about in Zechariah 9.9, it would culminate, it would end with the King dying. The Passion Week is also known in many circles as as Holy Week. It's a very religious week. I know growing up, my parents being from Mexico and uh, just watching you know Spanish TV, you would this week would 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 be full of just traditions and things that would, were happening down in Mexico of, of people who they would use this week to, to kind of afflict their lives or their bodies and their souls. You, 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 we would see people like on their knees for miles going to church. You would see people like recreating this whole crucifixion of Jesus and, and, and all the stuff that we're going to look at that that these people, they, they just felt that they had to, to mimic, to do. And so in, in, in many circles, this is a very religious week that was filled with rituals and, and ceremonies and, and services. In many religious circles, the, they use this week as a time of fasting. Again, to afflict their, their bodies or their souls, you know, to, to refrain from a lot of what they normally do. Again, remembering all the, 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 the things that Jesus went through so they can identify with Jesus in this week. 
And as a kid, I grew up Catholic, and, and, and it was the, the, the time of Lent where, where many of us would, would, would give up certain things throughout the, week, or throughout the 40 days leading up to Easter. And I remember coming to the Lord and realizing just the symbolism that went along with this whole thing, me not quite understanding at the time, but giving up certain things in my life and many people that I knew doing that. And once Easter hit, man, it was like full bore. Go back to it. And after becoming a Christian, I remember feeling the sadness for the people that you know I used to do this with. Because it was like, well, it's only temporary. It's only for a time. Many of them were like dying to do it again, what they had given up. <laughs> And I remember thinking as a young Christian, well, why don't you just do it now? Because you're going to go right back to it. But for them, and and for many of us at the time, and even today, for many in in, in that religious circle, it's, it's because you made a vow. You made an oath to God. And again, it doesn't sound all that bad. But for many of them, they, they were doing this in the hopes that they would gain favor with God. In other words, they would like, God, I have suffered much for you. <laughs> what do I get in return because of this? And so it's just a religious kind of thing. And that's what religion is. Man trying to reach God, to be in right standing with God. And so they put themselves through so many rituals and vows, and, and yet it, it, it's just so they can be right before God and gain some favor. And I truly believe that many who, who do that in their lives don't quite understand what this whole week is, is all about. It's very religious for sure, but they truly don't understand all that Jesus went through so that they wouldn't have to do that. It, 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 Jesus went through it already. They don't have to recreate it. They don't have to go through that. And as born-again Christians, it's a very special week for us. It should be a very special week for us. It's a week of remembering. Remembering all that Jesus went through on our behalf. It would be a good time for, for, for some of us to, to jump into the Gospels, whichever Gospel you want, because each one of them uh, records this, this Passion Week. It would be a good time for us to, to even start today and, and jump in somewhere like we're going to be in Mark 11 and, and, and read the rest of Mark from there or jump into one of the Gospels to just remind ourselves of what Jesus came to do. We don't have to afflict our bodies. We don't have to afflict our souls to gain favor with Him. You see, He went through it so that we wouldn't have to but it would be a great time for us to remember. But it's not because we want to gain favor. No, we stand righteous before God because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Amen? So this Passion Week that, that we look at, that Jesus went through, it was, it was necessary. It, it was vital. Jesus had to go through it. 
so that on Good Friday, and I hope you guys come and join us on Good Friday and bring somebody with you, so that on Good Friday we would remember once again what Jesus went through. Oh, it's kind of a, a sad moment, but it could be a joyous time as well. Because he came for his total sacrifice. And what we, what we celebrate basically on Good Friday is the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's what he came to do. And so, as we look at the story in Mark chapter 11, Jesus has gone down to Jerusalem for the last time. It's interesting because Jesus' headquarters was up north in Galilee area. He did like 75% of his ministry up in that that area of Galilee, which was like 60 miles north of Jerusalem. That's where he spent most of his time. And if you go through the Gospels, the Gospel of John spends much of his time coming down to Jerusalem. He came down for the festivals and things like that. And, and, And John kind of records a lot of that coming down to Jerusalem area. But Matthew, Mark, Luke the Synoptic Gospels, they record a lot of his ministry up north. And so here we have Jesus coming down to uh, to Jerusalem for Passover. And it would be the last time that he would come down to Jerusalem. He would die there eventually. His eyes were focused on Jerusalem. There was a time when he was with his disciples and they were even farther north in Galilee in Caesarea Philippi. And that was like the first time that he reminded them or told them that he would be dying. And from that time forward, it it seemed like his focus was Jerusalem. Even though he would come down several times, his focus would be Jerusalem. He understood what that meant. Of, of, of keeping his eyes focused on Jerusalem. His thoughts were now, as he got to Jerusalem, on the cross that awaited him. All his life had been about service. And even though through this week of the Passion Week, he would still serve his disciples this week, would be about sacrifice from Palm Sunday to Friday it would be about sacrifice preparing himself for that sacrifice so Mark chapter 11 verse 1 it says and when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives he sent two of his disciples and he said to them go into the village opposite you and as you and as soon as you have entered it you will find a colt tied on which no man or no one has sat loose it and bring it and if anyone says to you why are you doing this say the lord has need of it and immediately he will send it here so they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street and they loosed it But some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing, loosening the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. 
Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. It tells us that when they were in Jerusalem or in Bethpage and and Bethany area there, they, they, they could see Jerusalem in the distance. It's only about two miles from those two little towns there. They had been in Bethany many times before in Bethpage. They were right next door to each other. And Bethany was where Lazarus and, and Mary and Martha, good friends of Jesus, lived. And so he frequented them often. And can you imagine that as Jesus is in these two little towns in the, the area there, that he could see Jerusalem a couple miles away. Can you imagine what was going through his mind as he knew that he only had less than a week left to live? Even though he was fully human, he was fully God at the same time, and he knew what he came to do. He understood that. He knew what was awaiting him. He knew all the testing. He knew everything that was going to happen, what the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes were going to throw at him throughout that week. He understood it all. the suffering that he would go through. What we don't always think about that could have been going through his mind as well is the joy that that he must have felt knowing that as soon as he was done with this week, (laughs) as soon as he was done with all the suffering and everything that he was going to go through, that people, not just the Jews, but all people, would have access to God. That because of that, anybody would now have access to God. Because what he was about to do because of that, he would bring about forgiveness of sin and salvation to all people. Guys, we are the ones that that can benefit from that or do benefit from that as well. See, Jesus was born for the very purpose of dying. He, he, he came to this earth to die. He was basically just born to die. That, that's it. He, he, he didn't come to live a good life here on earth, although He lived a good life. He didn't really come to show us an example of what a Christian looks like, although He gives us that example of what a Christian should live like and be like. But his sole purpose was to come, to be born so that he could die on the cross so that we can have salvation one day. And that that was his sole purpose. His time had now come. And it's interesting because there was different times throughout his ministry where, where things came up and he would say, my time has not yet come. Well, his time has now come. This is what he came for. He was looking forward to this. Jesus as he sends his disciples over to the, to the other village to go get the colt, colt, he was like getting the ball rolling here. 
Or should I say, he was getting the prophecy rolling. As he sent a couple of his disciples to go get the colt. You can imagine that this prophecy was ringing in his ears. Zechariah 9 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and, and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. As he's sending these guys, knowing what they were to, to go do, this must have been in his mind. Something that had been written hundreds of years ago. And he's getting it going right there. It's interesting because it says that he sent them. And that word sent, if you look it up in, in, in the Greek here in, in verse 1, that it says that he sent two of his disciples. That, that word is apostolos, where we get our word apostle from. Which means to send on a commission to do something. And it's interesting because they're not being called disciples or, or apostles here. They were called disciples, but they would become apostles, those who were sent out from him. Verses 2 and 3. Jesus gives them the instructions of what they were going to go do. It says that a colt of a donkey is what they were going to go get. The colt of a donkey is not an animal that we would think a king would use. We, we, we picture kings riding into town on a horse. And it would, he would ride in on a horse during wartime. A king would ride in to a city on a horse. But in peacetime, a king would often come on a donkey or a mule. That was during peacetime. But not on a colt. <laughs> that, the king wouldn't do that. But this king is different. He is coming in humility. He is coming in peace. He is coming as a servant. Lowly. This was a perfect animal for this king. It was a perfect one. It says that this colt, no one had ever ridden him before. Now, I, I, I'm not into horses, or, but I've heard that you're not really supposed to do that. You're not supposed to get on a, a, a horse like that or a colt that hasn't been ridden. They're not broken in yet, from my understanding. It's not a normal thing that you do. But I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Here's, here's the creator of this cult, of these creatures. And I don't think that this cult is going to buck the system here. I don't think that he's going to give Jesus the right of his life. I believe that this cult, he understood who was sitting on his back. The creator, and he was subject to the creator. As I thought about that, I thought, here was the peace of God resting or sitting on this colt. I could imagine the colt didn't even realize somebody was sitting on him. Because it was the peace of God all over the place. 
Jesus probably or was known in, in, Beth, in Bethany. And so it's quite possible that because he had been there many times visiting his friends, that those who owned the colt knew who he was. And when they said, the Lord has need of it, they knew that Jesus would be good for it. And that Jesus would return it as soon as he was done with it. And so in verses 4 to 6, it says that they went their way. And the amazing thing about this, this whole section here is that it was like deja vu for the, for the disciples there. It's like, man, Jesus told us that it was going to be exactly like this and we're seeing it come to pass. Everything that happened was exactly how Jesus told them it would happen. Every word it seemed like what Jesus said and spoke, it was exactly what these guys said. And I'm just thinking, man, they, they were experiencing what Jesus told them they would experience. Exactly. So verses 7 through 8 says that they brought the colt to Jesus. And they threw their, their, their clothes on it and sat on and he sat on it. Here Jesus is about to let his disciples do something that he hadn't let them do before. Every time that Jesus had done something and, and they wanted to express who he was, he would say, hey, hey, let's just keep it on the down low for right now. It's not my time yet. And so now that it is his time, he is going to allow the, his disciples to, to proclaim who he really is. He's going to allow them to, to proclaim that He is the Messiah, the King of Israel, by their actions here. His time had come. This particular day had come. This was a very, very important day, Palm Sunday. It was huge. And yet, when you read the story, as you look at it, it doesn't seem huge at all. It's like, well, he's just riding in a donkey, you know? He's just coming into town. But it was huge. Now I know that the disciples were not like Jewish scholars. But they were Jews nonetheless. And they must have had some schooling as little boys. Going to a certain age of being schooled about their, their religion and, and, and their forefathers. And, and scripture. I'm sure they knew about Zechariah 9.9. It should have been ringing in their ears. At least it should have been. <laughs> Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fold of a donkey. Again, I don't, even if they weren't scholars, they should have been like, hey, something's happening here. Something's different here, you know. He's telling us to go get this colt. I remember the Old Testament scriptures. We are putting clothes on it. Jesus is getting, it's like it should have been falling into place for these guys. And I don't know how they were prompted, but somehow the disciples were prompted to make a, a makeshift saddle for for jesus and they began to take their outer coats off and laying them on this little colt so that jesus would sit on it 
it didn't seem like anyone had this planned out or anything. It just started coming about. And pretty soon as the, the disciples are, are preparing the colt, then a crowd begins to form and all of a sudden others are taking off their clothes and they're laying them on the ground before the colt here. It, 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 was, it was Passover week and people were coming from all the known world to come and celebrate and most people believe, or most commentators believe that there probably was over a, a, billion, a million people coming to Jerusalem and so there was all kinds of people and what the disciples began to do all of a sudden was taking on, taking on a life of its own. In, in that people were getting involved. A crowd began to form and people are taking off their, 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 their clothing, they're laying it down and all of a sudden people are climbing on trees, taking down branches and John tells us that they were bringing down some palm branches and, and laying them down in front of Jesus. As a sign of respect. And it's interesting because this, this act occurred, occurred to, to honor those who were riding in to town after a victory. Or to honor a king as he was entering in to his kingdom. That's what people would do. As the parade, the procession was coming, they would begin to do all these things. And here, in this triumphal entry, even though it's different, it's like this man was not coming from battle. Jesus wasn't coming from a battle. He, 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 he wasn't a king. <laughs> At least not in the physical sense. It, it's quite possible that many who were now involved in this whole thing that was happening before their very eyes, they knew who Jesus was. It's quite possible that it might have been people that had come down from Galilee area who had seen him and, and been around him and experienced many of the ministry that was going on up there and they were down for this particular time and they knew who Jesus was. And they had seen and experienced all the works that he had done. And it's quite possible that they just wanted to honor him because of what he had done in their lives or they had heard. And they wanted to honor him as someone who, who would or could overcome their situation. Thinking, this man has been so special in our lives. He has done so much, we have watched him. Maybe some from Jerusalem who had seen him do works there in Jerusalem were there in that particular area and thinking, maybe he's the one that's going to get us out of this tyranny that we are under from the Roman, uh, from the Roman government. Maybe, just maybe, he could be or would be our hope. <laughs> because he does things with authority. And it's quite possible that he is the one. And so it, it, it's quite possible that Zechariah 9.9 was ringing in their ears as well. Rejoice greatly. O daughter of, of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having, and, uh, and having salvation lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fold of a donkey. Can you imagine what these people were thinking as they're seeing this form before their very eyes, thinking he's the king, he's the one. It's ringing in my ear. <laughs> I know what's happening. 
some excitement was building. In verses 9 and 10, these people, as they've gathered together, this, this procession, this parade would go on for two miles as they reached Jerusalem. And the people are now quoting Psalm 118, 25 and 26. I'll read it to you from, from the original over here. It says, Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. As they're shouting here in Jerusalem, as they're entering Jerusalem, they're saying, Hosanna, save now. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Man, the excitement is just like building. And as they're coming into Jerusalem, all of a sudden, it's, it, it, the, the scribes and the Pharisees are now in the midst. They have joined this procession. They're, they've come in and they're examining and they're watching all that's going on. Now in hearing what was being said, they, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they, knowing the Scriptures, should have known what was going on. They should have known the time. It was that particular day. These scribes and these Pharisees were scholars. They studied the Scriptures. They should have known that the Messiah would be coming at any day, at any time. They should have known that. But because of the hatred that they had towards Jesus... They were bothered by it instead. <laughs> they were upset instead. You see, Zechariah 9.9 should have, it definitely should have, positively been ringing in their ear. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fold of a donkey. That should have been like, it should have triggered something in them because they knew the scriptures. I guess I could understand that the disciples and, and the regular people were caught up in all that was happening thinking, wow, man, this is huge. This is epic. But the Pharisees, and the scribes, how could, they, how could they possibly miss this? But they did. And that was huge. That was humongous. Behold, their king had come to them. And instead of knowing the time of his coming, as it was prophesied in Daniel chapter 9, instead... They're trying to squelch it. They're trying to squash it. You see, in Daniel chapter 9, it, it told them to the day when Messiah would be coming in to Jerusalem. And they missed it. Jesus even cried out in, in, in Luke chapter 19, if you had only known that today was your day, you should have known. But you didn't. It was huge. 
They should have been thinking, this sounds like Isaiah 9.9 happening right before our eyes. We should check it out. But instead, as they see Jesus coming in on the colt, just the way it said in Zechariah, instead of, of, of like, hey guys, you, you guys see what's going on? Instead they yell out to him, hey Jesus, why don't you tell these people to shut up? They're getting on our nerves. And I love what Jesus, how he answers them in Luke 19.40. As they tell him, hey, tell these people to be quiet. Jesus answers them and tells them, I tell you that if these keep silent, the stones will immediately cry out. (laughs) It was that, that particular day, man. That day, Jesus was going to ride in and people were to worship and, and shout out to him. Because he says, if they don't, then, then all creation will shout out. Because it was that day. These guys missed it all. Their hatred towards Jesus just, just blinded them. And they missed it. Man, that would have been a sight. <laughs> all of a sudden, if there was a hush in the crowd, and all of a sudden the rocks began to explode, that would have been amazing. That would have been pretty epic. All creation was ready to give them praise. Because they understood, the creation understood the timing. And if the people didn't, then creation would. So this rejoicing, this shouting that had been happening throughout that that time, that that procession in, in Zion and Jerusalem was necessary. It was supposed to be happening that day. Palm Sunday marks the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, proclaiming Him as Messiah. That word Messiah is the Christ, meaning the sent one. He was being proclaimed as the one that God would send to save mankind. They were shouting, Hosanna, save us now. He was sent to save them. This Hosanna was ringing in their ears and in the air. Behold, the King is coming. It was truly a time for rejoicing. It was definitely a time for shouting because the King had come. Jesus would be crowned later on that week. But it wouldn't be a crown of gold and precious jewels. That's not the kind of crown that he would have on his head. This king had come to save, but it wasn't to be saved from the tyranny that they were under. As Zechariah 9.9 rang out, as I was studying this throughout the week, and there was another scripture that kept on ringing out to me as I was looking at this and studying this. And what was ringing out was what John the Baptist cried out in John 1.29 when he seen Jesus coming towards him and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And it's like, that's the King. The King is coming. <laughs> Jesus rode in <laughs> just like Zachariah said he would, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt the fold of a donkey. He came in all humility. 
like a lamb ready for the slaughter, not knowing. Innocent, it seemed like. He was just. He was righteous. Having salvation with him. That's why he was coming. Behold, the king is coming. The king is coming. But he is coming to take away our sins, guys. That's what he was coming for. The day of their salvation had come. And they missed it. That's sad. They, 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 they were looking purely on the physical realm. And it was the spiritual realm. That's why Jesus come. After watching what would happen to Jesus, many of those who were shouting that day, who missed it that day, the regular people for the most part, after watching what, what Jesus went through, many of those would come to salvation after the resurrection. Many of those same people were probably there for the day of Pentecost and they remembered all that Jesus went through and they probably came to salvation. The salvation I rode in on a donkey that day. Today is the day of your salvation. Don't miss it. If you're here this morning and you don't have Christ in your life, please, I beg of you, don't miss it this morning. He rode in on a donkey 2,000 years ago. He has come here today for your salvation. Don't miss it. 2,000 years ago, He did this. He went through it so that we can have salvation today. To have forgiveness of sin. And again, maybe you're here this morning and you're, you're burdened down with your sin. Man, what a great time. What a great time to say, Hosanna, save me now. Save me now because I need it. When the worship team comes up in a little while, if you're here and you need Jesus, I'm going to be down here for a while and I want you to come up here so I can lead you to Christ. So you, your salvation is here today. And for the rest of you who are saved, let Zechariah 9.9 ring in your ears throughout this week. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fold of a donkey. Guys, throughout this week, let it be different for you this week. Again, go, go to the Gospels. Read through it. Let it sink in. Not that you would afflict your souls, but that you would remember that He came to do that for us so that we could have salvation. Amen? Let's stand as we close in prayer. And again, if, if you need salvation this morning, we will have prayer teams down here. You can come for prayer for whatever you need. I will be down here. If you need Jesus, come on down and I want to pray with you. Let's close in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you again for your word. Thank you again for reminding us, Lord, of what Palm Sunday is all about. That you came in in victory so that you could overcome sin and death. Father, I do pray that if there's anyone that needs salvation today, Lord, 
They are desperate for salvation. Lord, bring them down here, Lord, I ask. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray that, God, those who have already received salvation, that they would rejoice greatly this week. That they would shout for joy for the work that you have done in their lives already. Bless them and encourage them. I pray that, God, you would put my brothers and sisters in situations this week where they could explain the gospel to people. That they could take this and share it with people, Lord, Lord, of what this week means. Lord, put my brothers and sisters in those situations, Lord. Give them boldness and confidence to share your word, Lord. And we bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Prayer teams will be down here. Come for prayer, man. God bless you guys.